That was uh, Ed Rosenthal giving us a nice smoke screen to uh, bring us, open up the show. <laughs> um, we have a, a really amazing episode this week. Uh, I've had a, a chance to spend a little bit of time with Ed this week, and um, it's been a really awesome experience. You got a chance to go over and check out Orboros Farms, and uh, got a chance to talk about a lot of cool stuff this week. And um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really awesome episode, and thanks for everyone for joining us. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, Roger with us, as always, this week. Are you there, Roger? Hello, everybody. Sorry, I had a... We got uh, Marty. Hey, what's happening? We got Fish Ganja Guy. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we got Rain Grow. How's it going, everybody? And then we have our special guest, Ed Rosenthal. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, uh, Ed, for joining us. Um, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, as uh, one of the more uh, popular uh, cannabis authors out there in the uh, in the cannabis world, um, and uh, he has more years of experience doing um, all kinds of experiments and just all different kinds of things in the uh, cannabis realm than just about anyone else uh, that's out there. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. I'll let you... Uh... Happy to be with you. So why don't you tell us about um, how you got started uh, uh, when you first started going cannabis first started Well, I, I, always, um, I was always involved with plants. And uh, so it was just natural to, once I uh, decided I liked it, to grow it. It's as simple as that. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, uh, I know you were involved with uh, some of the early days of high times as, um, as well as the initiative. Well, you know, it's a long time ago, but it was a political uh, publication, basically, of the Yippies. And that's how it started until it was taken over by uh, felonious uh, lawyers namely Michael Kennedy and his group, not associated with the political Kennedys. And uh, um, so uh, he died recently and the magazine transferred hands. I, I plan to stand on his grave. You know what Bob Dylan said about Masters of War? And I'll stand o'er your grave till I'm sure that you're dead. Well, the only, the guy who took over High Times, he was a terrible person, and he held back legalization for many years by uh, embezzlement and theft, because money that was supposed to go to the um, uh, to legalization instead went to support his. Uh, over the top lifestyle. So, yeah, does but he's dead. We're still alive, so that isn't too bad. <laughs> um, so I know you did a lot of uh, a lot of early work with Dennis Perone, a lot of early um, uh, legalization. Well, uh, you know the. Uh, 
เอ after sixty seven the government tried to repress marijuana and uh, they felt that marijuana was a key uh, to uh, controlling politics in one way or another, and uh, so there were. So at one point, there were very few people left in the marijuana movement, and it was mainly the yippies that supported it. And from there, everything that's grown has come from there. Some of the, so even some of the uh, original yippies are involved, like uh, Steve D'Angelo. So I was involved in that. Special services. Well, they were all books about growing marijuana, you know, uh, indoor outdoor marijuana. It was called Indoor Outdoor Marijuana Grower's Guide. And uh, then um, then we wrote other books. I wrote with a partner, and I, after that, I wrote books by myself. Awesome. We had a question that came in from um, uh, someone on Reddit. So, uh, asked about um, increasing yields for less popular cannabis. Uh, all the data is out there is to increase THC and CBD yields. Probably the most important factor in prohibition has only been effective. Uh, thrive. Uh, thrive. Um, have you have seen a detriment to other cannabis and, breeding? and, and um, how do you suggest that breeders recover? I don't understand the question. Do you? Uh, yeah, so uh, things like THCV, CBN, how do you suggest people remove the Is there anything out there that you can recommend it. Well, CBN is an artifact of the deterioration of THC. Mm -hmm. So that's how you get that. CBG yep. is an artifact of not only marijuana's potential, but potentiating it. And most people don't, and most marijuana that's grown in temperate areas might have the potential to produce CBG, but it needs more UVB light to do it. So, and then, um, so I think if he wants to get more expression of the other cannabinoids that um, using UVB, UVA and UVB light might help that. Awesome. Uh, I know. And then you can always breed. You can start breeding. I mean, people have bred CBG plants and CBD plants. And look, just a few years ago, they had 3% THC and 4%, I mean, CBD. And now they have 20% CBD. So it's a question of breeding. And, and I just and wanted I to ask, ask real, real quick. quick. Um, no, I'm just saying use the UVA, UVB. Do you think it's something that somebody would want to use throughout the whole flowering process to help potentiate the increase in the cannabinoids? Or do you think they could just 
add them, add in, them in, in the last, in the last few, weeks few weeks to just, to just um, have them as finishing bulbs and raise those levels. levels. I think that uh, UVA and UVB light is a lot like computers were, um, you know, uh, years ago, and people didn't know what their potential was. And so it took a lot of people hacking away to find out the full potential. And I think that with uh, UVA and UVB light, we're just going to have to do more experimentation. Awesome. awesome. Thank, you. Thank you. To find that out. Yeah. Have you done any uh, studies specifically with silica? And, and, and you had, speak on silica a little bit. Sometimes a controversial uh, topic in economics. Well, why do you think it's controversial? Oh, there's a lot of people out there in aquaponics specifically who don't need it, but I've actually read my papers on now how it specifically benefits gene expression in the system. Well, I, I haven't heard of it dealing with gene expression. I've heard of it with uh, having a physical effect on the plant and making them more physically more resistant to uh, uh, to organ to uh, herbivores and less perhaps less tasty, mm -hmm. stronger stems. So you want to talk a little bit about um, your latest book? Well, uh, yeah, I have two books. I I should have them here. Uh, I'll run. A, run off and get them in after I finish. Well, first book is called Harvest, and it outlines totally new ways of harvesting from picking on. It's totally, uh, it's thoroughly researched. It goes into a lot of marijuana myths. Let me give you a marijuana myth. Curing in jars. To me, that's the worst thing that you can do. And the reason for that is you don't have, you know, the uh, humidity jumps up and down as you burp the jars. You get condensation, which causes mold. There's, there's a, a high humidity in the air in the jar, and that promotes bacterial infection. So all in all, I think that people shouldn't be put their buds in jars till, till it's uh, already cured and finished. What do you, what think, do you about think about the Bovida factory? Humidity, where it adds humidity, it takes you know, you can die at 58% or whatever you want for a carrier. Well, you want to know, so let me ask you a question. How do you know what percentage your pot is? Well, well I've, I've done, done a trial and error to find out what I like when you use that type of humidity. So, any, anybody else here have, uh, does anybody have a less subjective way of doing it? I actually I use, use a hygrometer in my uh, little drying station. station. Yeah, but that's measuring your relative humidity. It's not measuring the, it's not measuring the moisture content of your bud. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't have any way to measure moisture. It's in the book. 
By the book. You were showing me a way with the, 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 the mini hedge trimmer. Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? That was pretty cool. Okay. Hey, why why don't you give me a minute and I'll bring books back and um, the and the hedge trimmer, okay? Sure, I'll be no right problem. back. No problem. I know. So, uh, I'm gonna have you look at yourself here. <laughs> so um, it actually came out to check out uh, the farm over let me, uh, I'm going to mute, mute him temporarily just so we can uh, perfect, perfect. conversation. Um, so Ed actually had a, uh, sorry about the echo. We tried really hard to get the echo out before the episode. And um, we just, uh, we can't get rid of it completely. We reduced it significantly from where it was. Um, I do apologize. So I know the questions are sometimes a little hard to understand. And I do apologize. Yeah, I really um, can hear any of them. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Um, uh, that's why we were a little delayed on the episode. Uh, but yeah, Ed did come down to Ouroboros yesterday, and we spent the day uh, kind of showing him around the, the farm and uh, showing him a bunch of different cool stuff we have going on over there. So. I had a suggestion that just when you're asking a question, Steve, you go ahead and mute Ed, and that takes the echo away from you. We can all understand the question. I was going to suggest this thing. <laughs> I didn't want to go into tech stuff mid-show, but definitely. Well, yeah. it's better to get it get it somehow. Oh, well, we'll see if we can fix it afterwards. Let's see if we can get suggestion. some questions from chat. So Ed, Ed looks like know, he's back. Right. He looks like he's back. Not quite yet. Oh, okay. It's on my screen. So what's going on with everybody else on the panel? Anything new? Oh, harvested my 30 pack. Uh, so I've been experimenting with taking some strawberry kush and some pineapple haze and enjoying the crap out of that. And, and uh, for Marty's sake, I had two blue dreams. One doesn't taste like anything, and the other one's got the most exotic floral sweet taste. I can't even believe it. It's, I'm super happy with everything. I've been stoned up the last couple of days. Very right. nice. I'm down on Blue Dream. I'm not down on Blue Dream. I just think it has a seamless. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Blue Dream is just like a dispensary strain. That's all. It's yeah. like it's just, a strain. Like it grows like crazy. It yields. You know, I bet you got a decent yield off it, didn't you, Roger? Actually, I, actually, I did some experiment with the topping and super cropping this time. And... Uh, Oh. have the yield I've been having, so I know I wasn't very, I, I mean, but I, I'm very happy with the quality, though. Oh, didn't get so Ed, uh, Ed, you're going to need to unmute your thing there. Plus, my old lady did some weird shit and left for a week out of state, and I cut things about two two weeks early. Sure, sure. I, you know, there we go. There we go. Much easier than hand tools, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Let me show you. 
This is from my new book, Harvest. Nice. Okay, now. Uh, so, uh, is that backwards? Are you seeing this backwards? No, no, it's no. Okay. I'm going to show you some pictures from it. Now you, you got a class here locally in Ashland with some of this same stuff. It looks like about harvesting and different methods. Can you see that? What's going on there? Oh, you're, oh, you're trimming it outside. It's a hedge trimmer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm cutting with a hedge trimmer. You ever see anybody cut with a hedge trimmer before? Just, Just you. Well, I can give you a little radio drama if you want about this. <laughs> See that? So that cuts. So also, there's this little mini hedge trimmer, and this cuts down uh, picking time by about two thirds or more. So um, that's in the book. So, and there's everything, a lot of stuff about uh, how to draw, how to do everything in it. And then, let's see, I have another book that I brought in. Let's see, where is it? Oh, here it is. This is my, uh, a new book called New Rules, and it's, written mostly by Jeremy Daw, and he is a really brilliant writer. And the book is about uh, California's Prop 64. Is it Prop 64? Yeah, Prop 64. There. And it's uh, really well written, well organized, and uh, it's, it's, it's consumer-based. This isn't for, you know, people who are doing business. This is a consumer-based book. So those are my two new books. So, so that's like a guideline that they want to know what the legality is. Yeah. Yeah, how they're breaking the law. The ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will help people. And uh, it sure looks great. The, uh, in the picture, it looks like there was one longer longer. Longer. Was that, was that the picture is what? Was there one was in the pictures? Looked like it was a trigger and had a longer bar. Yeah, well, that that was just they they have different purposes. You'd use that for taking whole branches down, and you use the mini for um, you you cut uh, for uh, cutting just the buds off. So with the mini, you can go in there and cut off. You know, like sometimes. The whole bud isn't ready, just part of it. You could just go in there with a the mini and just cut off the part of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it cut, you know, I, 
uh, I uh, I did do uh, a uh, uh, an ex a, uh, tr a class in Medford about it, and people were just amazed. They didn't believe it. So, would you like me to give you a little radio drama about this this tool? Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Okay, everybody has to close their eyes. Don't worry, I won't pick your pockets. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. So, hey, Maud. Hey, I, I just tripped the. I just trimmed the hedges in the front yard by the way you asked me to. Okay, Ralph. Don't forget to put the hedge trimmer away. Yeah, I think uh, when I go in there, when I put the hedge trimmer away. I'm going to get the clippers out and uh, clip me a few buds. Oh, that will be great. Well, that's the end of the radio show. So, <laughs> so I, just, I just want to remind you that for 40 years, people who owned hedge trimmers put them away when they went into the garden to, 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 uh, to harvest. They knew about the hedge trimmers. They knew what they could do, but they never thought of using them. Huh. Does that make sense to you? Yep. yep. It's yeah, a question yeah. of it's a question of uh, transferring uh, information from one file to another. Like it's like government bureaucracy. They can't move the information from one section to another, and that's the same. Only it's human brains. Oh yeah. It wasn't oh, that yeah. profound. You know, yeah. So that this book is full of surprises. It will change the way people harvest. So what are, uh, what are some of the crazy You know what? Do you know that all drugs are going to be obsolete in like 10 years or less? Really? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Well, you know, drugs are so indirect. Right, so you know how uh, they have these alpha wave machines that just make you feel good because they actually, instead of teaching you how to produce alpha waves, they actually produce the alpha waves and get your brain attuned to it. You know about those? You can buy them. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and okay. So what if you had? Um, like, so, um, you have you have certain electrical waves when you use different drugs, right? So, what if the those waves are just so, sort of broadcast into your brain, you know, like with a headset or you know, scalp set or something, and then you know you could dial in whatever drug you wanted. It's an interesting concept. Sure, sure. Yeah. You're talking about recreational. Why recreational? If you can do it like that 
uh, for anesthetic, for instance, like let's say to replicate what heroin does or, or morphine or something, that would be good. And then you're not physically addicted necessarily. Maybe you, know, maybe you chemicals, would be. No chemicals. Right. right. No needles. You know, hey, let's do psilocybin for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's what Steve said about porch. Right? <laughs> hey, you were driving funny. I'm going to test your blood. Go right ahead, officer. Here, I'll give you. Can I piss on you or what? But, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed. I'm sorry, officer. So, uh, I was trying to get it into the bottle. Oh, look, no chemical reaction. Sorry. So, we had another uh, other question. Okay, Let, let's talk about driverless cars. Okay. Let's all go in a round robin in what driverless cars will do. In society, well, how they'll change society. What? Oh, I'm going to carry a bottle at all times. I'm driving around. So, so you mean, so, so, so there'll be no such thing as like drunken driving, right? Yeah, it'd be like that movie Maximum Overdrive from the 80s. So, in what way? I've not seen that movie. I have no idea. The cars are going to take over. Well, well, how about this? It's the end of roadside um, um, motels. Because why stop at a motel if you can just sleep while your car is driving? This is also true. True. So, but, but you want to get refreshed, right? So yep, you'll yep. stop at a spa where you can shower and, you know, clean up and everything. It'll be right. like, what? in for like two hours. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, you, you, you stop, you eat, you shower, change clothes. You know, like maybe they have a gym, so you exercise a little bit, watch TV for an hour, take off. And then how about what other things do you think? I think like commercial drivers, obviously, well, I think some of the firms that, yeah. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll lose a lot of jobs, lot of jobs one thing, but also, also being a lot of efficient, risk a lot of lives. Lot. So, so, but definitely right. being people, people that people need jobs. So what about uh, um, short, Flight airlines won't be affected. Won't people won't use short short term airlines? Right, yep. right. It'd be so much easier to just drive. Yeah, drive. yeah. Well, if you don't have, if you can drive to, let's say you're in San Francisco and you can drive to L.A., but you don't have to drive. You're just yep. riding to L.A. and you could be doing other things. Yep. You'd be working. You're working. Yeah. Yeah, you could be working, you could be sleeping, like, you know, you could, like, uh, you could leave for L.A. at 11 o'clock and you're there at 7 in the morning. 
you know, yep. and you after a good night's sleep. Yep. You think they'll have have autonomous autonomous be geared Well, all you have to do is put down the seat, right? Well, it could be, a, could be more like a bed. Yeah, if you put down the seat, it's a bed. I mean, I mean, it would be like a larger, larger driving, 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 driving at that point, like, 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 you know, kind of having a lot of autonomy, I guess, but, you know, you know, how much control, I guess, like, just the passenger, you could have that, or a nice... There won't be a steering wheel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you have more options than just laying back and back, because I don't think I'm going to think in my car seat. Well, that's if you have a... Well, look. It would be adapted as, to sleeping, of course. As far as car production goes, like there always has to have a mechanical override over the electrical systems for safety reasons. So I mean, realistically, I don't know if they'd ever make the car without a steering wheel. Oh, they will. They will because they'll be safer than, uh, you know. Also, they'll be the traffic density could be closer, and uh, that's another thing. So that the highways, you know, uh, will hold more traffic. That's you, Roger. So what happens to all these unemployed people? That's the interesting That's question. It's a good Especially question. Really they cruise, they cruise around in self-driving cars. There goes the low riders. Do you think you'll see companies like Uber or Lyft, Uber or Lyft invest in a Tesla car so that you don't even have a driver anymore? You're just like, oh, I'll get this anywhere. Oh, yeah, it makes oh, sense. Yeah, makes sense. You, you know, um, uh, GM invested half a billion dollars in Lyft for that very purpose yep. of autonomous they cars. They can fleet all the autonomous at least make some money. Well, and well, what I'm going to do is uh, put my robot into the car to go to work for me. Right. And you also have, like, like, what they call, like, the things where you have drones and stuff from the sun. Hey, you, you know how when you text, you know how, uh, uh, like, if you're texting on a phone and you, you, you know, uh, it will come up with three words and you can choose one, you know, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like if you're t using the phone to text and, you know, we'll. The predictive, the predictive text. text. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I'm going to use that to write a novel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Would you like every third word or something like that? Or just keep it well, you know, uh, like uh, uh, put in please, and it it might say can or we or uh, you know it will have three words, and then you choose one of the three words, and then you choose that, and then it will have the next three words, and it will go on and on. Yeah, We're losing yeah. Steve there. He's he's dying of boredom. He wants to speak about grow. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, that was uh, 
So so here's what guys I want you to think about something. This is this is very serious growth. You know, you you look at some of the uh, um, advertisements for different trimmers, and they say, "Okay, your the material has to be X percentage um, moisture, no more or less, to get the best to get the best um, uh, cut." So that, that you know how uh, pe you know how people usually measure moisture like that. Do you know how it's been measured? That it was subtractive measure. Like so, you take some pot and uh, you uh, you weigh it, and then you put it in something that dries all the moisture out of it, and then you get another figure. So it's subtractive. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, but you can you can you can use a meter to measure the you can use a meter to measure it directly. It's much easier. That's in and then you then you know when you're uh, when it's suitable to package. Have oh, you done much work with lactobacillus Excuse me. Have you done much work with lactobacillus No, I was listening to your uh, to uh, you talking about it, and I'm I'm going to definitely try. I've already taken the shrimp and put them into the pond. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully they'll help uh, get your pond Yeah, I think that I'm going to get something to knock out the phosphor, uh, a lot of the phosphorus in, it, in there too. So what so you what can you actually can do, do is um, go to an aquarium, aquarium place, place, place. Tell them you have a aquarium. I'll give you a which is like a type of iron oxide. And, uh, particular type of iron oxide. Yeah, there, there, there are a number of products like that that knock out the phosphorus. Yeah. Uh, bar, I know barley uh, or, or does real well. No. No, it doesn't. Oh, allegedly. I mean, allegedly. I mean, you, you know, maybe if you, you dump, dump a ton of it in or I don't know, but no, but it's good for the people who sell those little barley, the little barley bale. They're so cute. You can use them in your miniature house. So you have a, a pretty cool line of pest control stores. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, at the farm. Well, it's called zero tolerance, and uh, 
the tagline is just say no to pests. And isn't it ironic? I wish Nancy were alive, Nancy Reagan, so she could see my name on the product. She'd know who I thought was a pest too. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so what this stuff does is it's what it is is uh, it's on the label. People can make it themselves if they want to because it says what's what it is, and it's uh, cinnamon, clove, rosemary, and thyme oil along with lecithin and glycerin and what it does is knocks out or knocks down uh, a lot of uh, pests most insects and and mites and uh, you used some didn't you yep yep you used a little bit of the yeah and uh then i have a fungicide that has uh, similar ingredients, but it also contains potassium bicarbonate, which changes the pH of the leaf surface and makes it hard for fungus to uh, to uh, grow, to, to uh, germinate. And they, both of those are doing pretty well, and uh, do I think they're good for people. They're, um, uh, the plant oils that have a low temperature of evaporation and they break up in the atmosphere so the, the, they don't have a, a big footprint. Awesome. That's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we, yeah, we did some, uh, some black aphids and it worked great. great. Yeah. Well, aphids are easy, but... Um, these will also work to control mites and uh, you know it's very hard um, to totally rid your crop of mites I mean to totally you know to get rid of them all but this will keep them under control yeah but yeah, uh, uh, a lot of good luck with the yeah, that, that that would be good. I mean, the only thing people should be aware of is uh, with neem neem oil. Now, yep, yep. I I haven't tried like uh, the water soluble neem, but I think that would be might be diff act different, have uh, a different. Uh, Do you want uh, to tell people a little bit about what the issue is with neem? A lot of people aren't aren't aware. Aren't aware. Well, what you, I think you uh, you you cover it better, please. Oh, oh. So uh, 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 the issue well, with it is, is that, is when, that when mostly mostly when it's concentrated, not when it burns, but it's mostly when it's concentrated. When it burns, similar to like April twenty, where not so much when you do it, it's combusted, but when it's combusted. Turns into something else. Yeah, a little bit rusty. Uh, but but um, I think the water soluble, they might not have that problem. So, okay. so uh, why don't you tell them about that uh, plant protein? The plant, um, the 
pre-chlorophyll. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marty and actually uh, did a whole episode on that. Uh, we've done a lot of work, work with uh, phytocyanin isolation and phytocyanin activity, which is the basically what protein for chlorophyll And Marty and I both experimented with that quite a bit. Uh, both here, here in, in Jamaica. Jamaica. It's been a, we've, we've gotten ridiculous results, uh, including resurrecting dead plants that, uh, that um, dead for, dead for four, four weeks, four weeks, water, four weeks, four weeks uh, and, got uh, and got new uh, branch and leaf growth in every node. Uh, um, that's that's probably, probably the most extreme. We've also got up in veg. In veg. Per day, per day. Okay, so, so, so that's um, been, that's been definitely one of the more uh, crazier, crazier things. Experimental with. And, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's definitely. And hands down, the best results with. I do apologize for the echo, guys. Uh, we were having some audio issues with the loop uh, from Ed. Um, does anyone have any questions in chat for uh, Ed for uh, you know what he's been doing with quite a few people in chat right now. See if we have any questions. Do you want to? So, what other? What do you see as kind of like the future of cannabis as far as products, and then kind of like the future outlook of the industry, maybe in five or ten years? That, that's about as difficult a question as um, to say what what are computers and com computer technology going to look like in 10 years. I think it's the same degree of uh, uh, uncertainty at how fast uh, things will progress. I think it will be legal. I think that 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 the, that part of the drug war will be over. Uh, what do you uh, see as far as the technology or concentrating kind of like the next? Um, well, I I think you know you go they're going to be able to uh, target. You know how uh, they're trying to make different. Uh, uh, potions that have uh, different effects, either uh, concentration or sleep or whatever. I, I think that targeting will get more, uh, 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 will be more pinpointed. I think that's I what Stephen's doing right now. They're, they're growing that right, right now. Right now. That's going to be something that will be able to be avoided according to your THC or particular strains or anything like that. Yeah, I think just think it will be more pinpointed. You know, yeah, yeah. we'll have more knowledge to, with which to work. You know why we'll have more knowledge? Because we won't have to be driving those cars. We'll, we can, <laughs> you know, we can just be passengers and 
get more work done. <laughs> what is your to grow? To Mm. Mm. Favorites, indoors or outdoors? <laughs> uh, both. What? Both. Well, I've been having fun with, um, um, like this cross that was between a uh, a jack that was uh, very fast and um, uh, and blue dream so it was a uh, kind of racy and just like uh, was unusual. Uh, it started branching by itself. I mean, like into this unusual bush. It was unlike either of its parents. Very interesting. Yeah, that was outdoors. Indoors, I've been playing with. Um, with all with bunches of varieties i haven't really picked out anyone like i've been doing some experiments where each well like there maybe are a couple of plants of each variety but each variety only gets a square foot i mean two square feet awesome so i grow these really small plants very cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, projects you're well, trying to do? Well, I'm working. I'm working on UV a lot, and um, uh, and um, I'm trying to develop this WIC system. Uh, I mean, I've developed it, but I want it to be more ergonomic. So I'm trying to think of different ways of accomplishing certain parts of it so we'll have fewer parts and more uh more and more stuff um fewer parts and easier to making it easier to use i should say and awesome. it's a grow system that saves water and time labor nutrients Saves the environment because you don't put, you don't dump water in inappropriate places. Very cool. Yeah, I know I've got a chance to see some of that stuff, which uh, we can talk about. Yeah, but very, very cool. It's, it's that's interesting because I'm always it's a modular system that people can almost snap together. Uh, take uh, a while, a while. 
the tooling, the tooling by some container company. But, uh, I, I watched a podcast, uh, watched a podcast, podcast back, 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 and I was wondering if I could ask you about your philosophy with the uh, advanced uh, because I, I saw you were you always be HID, you know, we, you well, know when, uh, when, when, yeah, I, I understand, you know, it, I, I don't have an ideology about it, it's just, um, uh, you know, it's taken LEDs a long time to get the power in each um, little lamp, right, that, right, you know, and so to supply enough light to plants, but I think that, um, if they haven't already, they, they are going to overtake uh, HIDs. There's no doubt. It, HIDs are temporary. Yeah, they're, they're starting to do that big time. Uh, I'm like you. I still held on to my performance, but they are. The LEDs are definitely catching up for their producers of excellent quality. Yeah. And the full spectrum lights coming out like the spectrum can. People like that are like do you like those lights? Do you like Spectrum Spectrum King's lights? Have yep. have, have you yeah, used we, them? Yeah, we, we've had we them on the show a couple times, and uh, they're yeah, very informative. And, and, and the and fact that they're a major light company that makes grow lights, a grow light company by itself, it's pretty interesting that they're really doing a lot of expression in the Spectrum White light, full spectrum. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably good. They do other One of the more minor sections of their company, but uh, we've had them on the show multiple times. We've done a ton of side by sides. Um, Fish Conja guy, who was here earlier, actually gave a really good side by side uh, between them and um, uh, Black Dog. The Black Black Dog. Yeah, so that was a, a really good. Um, uh, uh, comparison and then we also did a couple of others as well and then our friend aquaponic dummy has just bought cob light kits and built his own uh heat sinks onto them by with front aluminum you know frames and uh he's kicking butt in his grows using just just he bought cob light kits and then configured them to be to fit his grow space and it's they're they're working out really well i think he's using Think he's using Citizen. I'm not sure if he's using Citizen or Cree. It's one or the other, but I think he bought the Citizen lights, um, cob lights, and it comes with a driver for you know like three or five, five um, individual lamps, and you can configure them in a square or a, like a five. Or he's got his all in one line, just going down, and you know he saved a ton of money compared to probably would pay twelve to fifteen hundred dollars for that if he bought it all ready-made, you know, and, and, uh, I think he spent about, um, probably about 450 bucks on the kit for the cob lights and then the, uh, aluminum angle iron. It's pretty sporty. And actually Spectrum King just came out. I, I didn't, I can't wait to see them again because, um, they came out with that new light that they showed at the show with the little tiny cob lights or whatever on the, it almost looked like a, in a one piece of angle iron. It was long and a bunch of little lights on it and it looked pretty neat. You know, you talked to him about that, Steve. Um, did we lose somebody? Oh. Yep. We'll have a, we'll have the, um, video from their new lights and stuff like that. At the, the
So, Steve, when are you going to start a new crop? Say what, Ed? Say what, Ed? I was asking Steve when he was going to start a new crop. I think he froze up. I think he froze up. We are having either technical he's difficulties. Been, he's, he's or he's turned into Ben Carson. Yeah, he's yeah. a serious karmic state. His eyes are closed. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Yeah. <coughs> oh, he'll be, he'll, he'll, he'll be, figure he'll, it out. He'll be back, back in a minute. minute. That happens that every once in a while. Since he's in those hotels. Hotel. 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 So, um, yeah, I've, I've been really interested in like the tech that new technology how it's going to change the way people live you know if, if it's driverless you know what you'll be able to send your kid to school you won't have to drive them to school right right put the kid probably have we have, have driverless buses. buses yeah it's just, just gonna make society that much lazier they already well they already have driverless trains for instance, at the airport, you know, those shuttle trains at airports, they don't have any conductors on them. Right. They're all dry. Right. They're driverless. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be yeah, interesting. Well, we lived, in, we lived in where we got to talk to each other and look at each other while we're talking to each other. You know, when we grew up, we always wondered up, we thought science fiction movies and movies and Across the country, talking, the country, 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 talking, and it's we live that long now. We live that long. Who knows? Now. Uh, who knows? Uh, and we saw where everything is about money. You lose jobs, about money, of, uh, you lose jobs of uh, taxi drivers to fleets of driverless cars. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good point. Good point. The tipping point where it's finally affecting They're going to have to figure out pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. I, apologize. I apologize. It's a computer, it's a computer problem. problem. My phone. My phone. Real quick. So, uh, so uh, what are working with micro research and I haven't done uh, research. I've used them. You know, I use them, but I haven't done research yet. Have you experimented at all with different types of any kind of anything? I haven't really done it. It's, you know, any of uh, microbe experiments. <laughs> I've, um, you know, just worked in different areas of it. Um, we got a question. Uh, do you have uh, maintain the same land base at all? Or do you just keep mostly easier to produce? No, that hasn't been my focus. I mean, there are, there are a lot of people doing that, and they spend their entire lives just doing that. I mean, they, that's what they focus on in terms of cannabis anyway. So, um, 
I felt that is well. I feel that it's well covered. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, people are always asking people me about reading, and I said I just don't. I've got so much else to do that I there's so many good breeders and such great genetics that you know where to find them. But I don't need to breed. I don't need to breed. You know, I'd rather grow. I'd rather grow. Um, so, uh, do you, uh, you uh, what other what things are you with charity I'm sorry? I know you're involved with groups and other groups. Other groups. Uh, what, yeah, are, what are you involved with? Well, uh, right now I've taken, um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my work was around legalization and um, so uh, there are so many groups um, involved in that now and there are so many people involved in it and so much of it has gotten away from legalization per se into regulation and things like that and so I've stepped away a little bit but I st still do work with groups that are uh, in states where it isn't legal. Uh, we had a, uh, a person ask, is it true or not that the spuds that Is there any to that urban legend? Well, um, um, like uh, if you if you rinse the buds, a um, a lot of the mold float, floats away, and and uh, uh, it is true. But I I don't know if if they'd still test for that. You know if they'd still test moldy, I would assume they probably would. But for instance, uh, with powdery mildew. Although, you know, none of us would uh, use cannabis that has powdery mildew on it. I, when I was writing uh, these books, I looked for any research on powdery mildew being uh, in any way uh, uh, pathogenic to humans, and I was not able to find that it was. So even if, you, even if Bud has a little bit of, Powdery 